Looking for your next holiday? Maybe a long weekend with your mates? Or really need to get to the next game? Then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com.au forward slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Brent Chappell, Steve Maven and Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so my phone was running hot there for a while. But Could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chappell. I'm joined by two former Rabbitohs. Darren Brown, Steve Maven. What's going on, boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. Yeah, g'day, boys. How are we all? Fantastic, mate. On this uh, somber day, Anzac Day, a day, where, day of reflection, really, boys. How lucky we really are. So we're recording on Anzac Day, and you might be listening to this after Anzac Day, but we're still going to do our tributes today. It's a sad day where you pay your respects. People go to the dawn service, and there was a good one around at Broadley Oval this morning, Brownie. And, yeah, I was just at a barbecue, and... Donna Hall, whose grandfather served in the army, showed me a few of the old medals, and yeah, it's just just a tribute to the diggers that fought for this country. Yeah, definitely. I've just been at work, and uh, same thing. Unfortunately, I was rostered on today, but we had a minute silence at the start of work and the last post, so we paid our respects there, even though we were uh, rostered on to work. So, but in terms of the rugby league, I think it's a the best weekend of the NRL calendar Anzac round and we've had some great games and in the past and, and even over the weekend we've had some really good games and today's clash I know we're not Roosters supporters but uh, I wasn't fortunate enough to play on a on an Anzac day but I've been to many of them clashes and they're, they're always good clashes they're always well balanced and they always come down to the, the final hooter yeah, and also the Warriors and Storm game is it's another... become a real tradition that one hasn't it it has Nova? yeah yeah, but you know, I don't think it's a bit one-sided, that one now, but you never know. Chaps, what's on the show? We recapped that crazy win over the Titans where we were down by 14-odd points and come storming home in the second half. And we chat to another passionate Rabbitohs fan. He's a Borough member. He's a member of the Army Reserve. Damo Batty, really looking forward to that one. Our Remembering a Rabbitoh this week is the legendary captain coach, Jack Rayner. And we preview this Thursday night's clash against the Raiders down there at GIO Stadium. And they're desperate for a win, boys. That's, that's, that's going to be a big game for both teams. Yeah, definitely. And we'd like to wish our host, Brownie, a happy birthday. This Thursday, you turned 52. Eh? And you're still in pretty good nick for an old bloke. Oh, well, yeah. It's, look, uh, 52 is only a number, isn't it, boys? Uh, feeling, feeling good. Try to look after myself in terms of, you know, how you eat and uh, always doing a bit of training and, uh, going for walks, it's always good for the mental health as well. So feeling good and got a week off now, heading up to the Gold Coast tomorrow for a bit of R&R. Come back and be refreshed and get back into it. What are you going to get up to up there? Oh, we're only up there for two nights, Mavo, Belinda and I. So we're 
staying right on Burley Beach and yeah. Flying flyin economy, flying economy. No, nah, business class tomorrow. Staff travel. <laughs> so doing, doing it tough. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah beautiful, man. No, nah, staff travel. Happy yeah. birthday, by the, by the way, uh, Brownie. Yeah, thanks, guys. Anyway, enough about me, boys. We've had some sad news during the week. We tragically lost a, a young boy and a mad Rabbitoh fan who is well known in the South Sydney community and all the South Sydney supporters and even the South Sydney players, young Jake Spurtle who lost his battle with osteosarcoma. Osteosarcoma is a type of bone cancer that affects children and young adults. And unfortunately, Jake lost his battle during the week. Now, um, if you remember, boys, uh, back in late January, uh, the mighty Rabbitohs, uh, Shannon Donato, and the Players Association got together and sent some former players up there to the Play for Jake event up there on Port Macquarie. It was a weekend away. They got to play some golf up there and raise some good money at a fundraising dinner. I think they raised about 50K. Wow. So, mm-hmm. you know, to help him in his treatment. But the Rabbitohs also wore black armbands on the weekend, if you, you would have noticed that when they were playing. Also, Renault was close to Jake, and he said on his social media, rest in peace, this absolutely breaks my heart. Jake was also close to our global ambassador, Beck Heaken, who was shattered by the loss. Beck described Jake as an absolute little champion and also said, Jake was 15 and was only one month short of his 16th birthday. Jake is survived by his amazing mum and fellow Bunny's tragic Nicky and his dad, Ted. Jake was so positive. Right up until the end, he died peacefully and he said to me five days ago, he absolutely knew it was going to be 22 in 2021 for his beloved bunnies. Yeah, yeah. sad news, boys. So that's, sad. That's terrible. Also, we got a message from Wayne Garnett about the passing of Lawrence Lucas. And Wayne said he was a local junior who played junior reps before falling away, as a lot of young kids do. He sadly took his own life last week. Definitely a life taken too soon. Wayne said, I coached him 10 years ago at the Rovers. Lawrence was a halfback in the mould of Wes Patton. Lean, skillful, fearless. The tributes have shown that he and his 5'8 were regarded as the best two players in their age group by a mile. So rest in peace, young Lawrence Lucas. Yeah, sad news, boys. We're a big advocate of mental health on, on this show. We're always talking about it and raising the, the awareness and issues around mental health. And I'm sure we've all been touched one way or another in terms of knowing somebody who's suffered with mental health, depression or even to the fact where, you know, some young kids taking their own lives. So, you know, if you are struggling, make sure you give someone a call, whether it be a mate. If you can't talk to a mate, call Lifeline on one three double one one four. and That's a 24-7 number. And there's so many other organisations out there that you can touch. I'm actually wearing a living shirt as we speak. You can't see it, but, you know, we're a big supporter of that issue. And, uh, you know, rest in peace, young, uh, young Lawrence. And Wayne also said he loves our podcast and remembers you, Brownie, when he used to process your paperwork at the old Sweeney's Patrick Yard at Port Botany. Yeah, certainly. Oh, I know Wayne. Yeah, he's a good man. Good Rovers boy. Uh, one of your old clubs, Mavo. And, uh, yeah, he's asked us to you know, pass on this message and uh, condolences to all the family. Rest in peace, young man. And we've also got a, a little luncheon to, to plug here. The Matraville Tigers, Junior 
Rugby League Club. They've got the 2021 Legends Lunch. That's at Juniors Maroubra, 12.30-4, Friday the 14th of May. And some of the special guests there, a couple of big big names there, guys. Paul Kent and Ben Lice. One, one not to be missed. NRL 360. Yeah, they'll be good guests. And if you want to book a table for that, we'll post a link on the episode webpage. We'll be there, boys. We will. Come and say hello to the Rabbitohs radio team while you're there. Okay, Global Ambassadors. This week, we're going to talk about Paul Brown. My mate, Paul. Brownie. Yep, Brownie. He said, And I'll just go through his bio. He said, my name is Paul Brown. My wife, Susan, and I run the Happy Room in Sanua, Bali. And it has a sports and live music bar with a massive Rabbitoh wall of support. Just on that, maybe. He's changed sites, hasn't he? He has moved, moved. to uh, Jalen Sudamala, number 17, Sanua Beach, Bali. So we'll post a link to that also on the episode webpage. But Brownie goes, I grew up in Mascot and played for Botany United Stingrays, where I played alongside Mavo. I played for about two years until age 10, then moved up to Terrigal on the Central Coast and played for the Sharks in the junior and senior levels. I left there and moved up the coast further to Yamba, got married and had two great Rabbitohs kids. In late 2019, we got an itch to try a new lifestyle in Bali. We love you guys on the show. We love listening to the podcast. If you're ever in Bali and need a cold bintang and sports fix, come join us. Cheers, Paul and Suzanne. And you can find them on Instagram and Facebook. And like I said, the address in Bali at Sanua Beach will post it on the episode webpage. And we actually went there last year before COVID hit. We went to the opening of the new bar in January last year and Brownie put a big pig on a spit and it was traditional Bobby Gulling and it was a brilliant night. For those who don't know Sanua too well, it's where all the boats leave to go over to the different islands, chaps. Yep. Uh, Nusa Lombongan. Lombongan. Yeah, I got, got married there, mate. Yep. Oh, you know it well. Sanua Beach, yeah. Spent 21 days there. Yep. It wasn't so much a honeymoon. We had three kids there, but anyway. Oh, it, was right. all, it was all good. Um, yeah, it's got a nice little surfing spot out the front. Yeah, I think it's more of a more of a high tide. It's so hard to get out there on low tide. So you go over and pay a couple of the boys, and they drop you out there for about five, six bucks, and then pick you up later on the day. I love the Bali people. How good are they? Yep, and oh, it's a bit of an al- people. It's a bit of an alternative over that side, isn't it, to the hustle and bustle of Legian and, and Kuta? Not well, a lot like of cars. A bit slower. They're a bit of a slower pace. They're not. They're not India. Up you for the rent every five minutes, like on the other side. And yeah, well, I went to Nusa Lombong and last time I was there, and there's not as many cars there. More bikes, mm. and I think there's another part of the island where there's no bikes at all. No, no bikes at all. One Just part pushies. Of it, yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I spent my fiftieth on Nusa Lembong, and that is a great little place. You get over to Sanua, get on Rocky Fast Boat. You're out there at Nusa Lembong. Yep. Great Bali experience. There's some really good beachside bars and straight, places to see there. Straight out of Banoa Harbour, there, boys. Anyway, Brownie, we'll be over there very shortly, mate, to see you. Yep. Brownie, I'm bringing Brownie over and chaps, and yeah, the happy room. Thanks again, Brownie, for being our global ambassador and spreading the word about Rabbitohs Radio Podcast in Indonesia. Good on you, PB. Now we might get on to that recap of that big win over the Titans on Friday. It was the early time slot, 6pm, and it was a 70-point thriller, really, boys. 40 points to 30. I suppose we couldn't handle that for feeder early on. He made us look pretty silly. Knocked, beast, beast. Yeah. Knocked out our uh, starting front rower there in Junior Tatola. And you got a little update on, on his status? Yeah, I've just spoke to Maybe. Junior. He said he's sweet. He said he thinks he'll play this week, but he's just got to pass the HIO protocols. Yeah. But we missed about, I think, 47 tackles in the game. I think 30 of those were on Fafita. 31 in the first half, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of them was seven, I reckon, in one 
Yeah. That second yeah. try he scored was just he yeah. beat seven players. He knocked them all out the way. And yeah. I think Junior just got his head over. Well, he, beat, he beat four in the first try and seven yeah. in the second. I think Junior just got his head in the wrong position, but yeah. you know it's like trying to tackle a runaway bull, isn't mm. it? Yeah, you know, right edge defence had, had troubles out there. Uh, I think it was sort of between Renault and Campbell Graham at times in that first half. But uh, we seemed to, when we wanted points, we struck back pretty quick. We scored mm. two pretty good tries in the first yeah. half as well. Just mm. touching on that, chaps, I thought uh, Campbell Graham. Uh, down that right edge, I know you just said that we were having some problems, but he saved about four tries in that first half. He did. Mm. I think he made three tackles in a row that were nearly all try-saving tackles. I think he had five or six one-on-one tackles. Yeah. So let's just wind, it, just, just wind it back. Sorry, chaps. Our Sky Blue Jumpers were honouring and celebrating the 100 years of the Royal Australian Air Force, and it is Anzac Day. Yeah. And it's ironic that I was at the party, and I just mentioned before, Donna Hall showed me the medals of her grandfather, and one of them was an RAAF Return Serviceman's okay. badge. And I've shared that on my Instagram. I might share that on the episode. Web I didn't page mind as well. the jumpers. Yeah, they were good. And like you said, chaps, that emblem with the RAAF green around the rabbit eye, that was something unique. Yeah, it was. Something to be used. And, but also, boys, I've got to start the, my notes here. The Benji Masterclass, the Fakatani freak. He lit up the second half with two tries and three line break assists. It was just sensational. And my mate at work, Bede Cooper, who is a tiger, and he's always loved Benji. It's a full man crush. And he was salivating <laughs> over watching Benji, even though he's playing for South now. He still can't get over him. Yeah, I mentioned that over the radio at work the other day, and he said, "Mavo, better, better give me a mention because I've got the man crush on Benji, and yeah. uh, we we call Benji Hong Ha. So, so you're looking for a nice Hong Ha, yeah, and he had extra chili on him the other night. Oh, didn't he? He was on fire. The mouth was burning, but yeah, we might back the truck up a bit there, Mavo. As I said, we scored a couple of good tries. I got excited with the, the Fakatani freak. <laughs> How good did he and go? Then sort of <laughs> David Fafita took over a little bit there. And they're up about, what was it, 18-10, yeah. heading into the break. We put a beautiful kick in, about a minute and a half before half time, just about to pin him in. He does an offload over to AJ Brimson, who brings it out about five metres, and they just spread the ball straight at uh, Corey Thompson. They shifted it uh, quick, they, they've, they? they've gone coast to coast with a length field try, and I, I was pretty worried at that stage, boys. We're down um, 24-10. We considered a shitload of line breaks. Yeah. Uh, we were sort of... We were on, really on the back foot. Well, we were. We spoke about it last week, chaps. Uh, missed tackles, what it does to your uh, and offloads, what it does to your defensive line. And that's what was happened. Maybe you just indicated that we missed about 40-something tackles. 47. 31 in whether them were in the first half. Mm. And we were on the back foot. So what it does, it, it gives, when you miss a tackle or an offload, it gives them to attack on the front foot and we're on the back foot. And that's what was happening. But in saying that, we were, we were in the game in that first half when we led 10-6. And then the tide turned, and they got momentum and went into the break at 24-10. Well, that try they scored just before half time that you just mentioned, we were thinking we're in big trouble there, and we were in big trouble. Mm. You know, the scoreline indicated that we were in big trouble, and it just goes to show, like, the second half was a different half, and we didn't miss as many tackles, and the tide turned, and we played some good footy. Well, JD seemed to give them a bit of a rev up at half time. You could see it on TV. JD was into, into the forwards, and... I'm sure he would have been talking about the defence. and they, they went into the break with momentum and we come out of the break with momentum. And mm. that's where the game was won in that first 15 minutes. I think we completed 10 from 10 and we scored three tries in 16 minutes. Mm. And one of the reasons for that was a bloke that I've got a bit of a man crush on, Keon Kalamantungi. Oh, How good player. on the edge. So How good was it? Drive. Not even just the sublime pass back on the inside for the first try to Cody Walker. Mm. Oh, that was like an overs line and looking back over your shoulder. Yep. Beautiful pass. Great ball. Yeah. But even just simple hit-ups. He, was, he got us a couple of those uh, repeat sets early in the second half. Mm. Do you remember? Mm. A couple of little ding-dings and uh, yeah. we were away. There. I think we had about four or five in that first 15 minutes after the break. Yeah. And the second one when he 
just went through and I think I spoke to Brownie about it and he hasn't scored this year That's and a lot right. of young blokes would be tempted to just pin the ears back and go for the line but exactly. no, steps off the left and another beautiful ball unselfish to Benzie. play yeah. Benji in the mid, uh, coming up the middle and the old 36 year old legend who is actually while I remember it is going to break a record next week That's right. 332 first grade the first Kiwi to do that Oh well. I said from day one he's going to be really good for us the roles that he's going to play and, and this is why Wayne's brought him we lose one of the best players in, in the competition in terms of Latrell Mitchell, who's leading the Dally M points. And really, we didn't miss a beat in attack when we started to click. Well, there's you a know, lot of variation the, in the tries we scored. I know well, it was all down the left-hand side, but there's so many different ways we scored it. Well, um, when, when you run a shape, you've got about five different options you can play. And that's why, chaps, you know, eight, you know, come up with eight different variations. Well, there's a that beautiful one where he ran off Cam Murray's hip, Benji Marshall. That, that was a great try. Not yeah. only the final one that when it was 30 all, where he he skipped out the left hand side, watched the winger turn the shoulders in and come towards, him, and then he hit AJ. Oh, AJ was in a yawning gap, and he had the presence of mind to back up down the middle and score under the post. How that good. How did good. that, did that, that re- one brought the house down. Did that yeah. remind you of the 2005 grand final when he was playing for West Tigers down that left edge, similar? Yep. Oh, that was a flick pass to Paddy oh, Richards. Or oh, the other flick pass try as well that, that we scored as well, yeah, where he was in the clear. And yeah. he might have pinned the ears back 10 years ago, but he threw the big flick pass back to mm. AJ and give him some credit, picked it up off his knees. Yeah. Still had a bit of work to do. Yeah. Lot, it, like I was speaking to Brown earlier in the day. He drew three, if you have a look, he drew three defenders over towards the sideline. They're out of, completely out of play when AJ comes back on the middle. He beat a couple of blokes and put it down. Well, that's what he done in the grand final. He drew about three or four players mm. into him and flicked it around them some sort. I don't know how he done it. And you see the meme that it's been created with AJ's head superimposed on the Pat Richards head. Yeah. And it's, yeah, <laughs> I did like that. That's just, uh, that's uh, good. I know Benji's getting all the credit, but Adam Reynolds, uh, for him to create the space for Benji. If you go back and, and, and dissect them plays, Adam Reynolds, I think, passed him the ball on probably two or three occasions and he drew about two or three defenders in himself, which obviously gives Benji time, gives him space, he squares up the defence and he does this little trick as if he's going to, like, kick it. He throws it, dummies inside, pretends Shape, to, shapes kick, to kick, shapes to dummies kick, dummies back on the inside. Yep, And then, obviously, offloads and, look, I know Benji's getting all the raps, but our man Adam Reynolds has got to take some responsibility for that as well. One to a quick point there. There's a little bit of gamesmanship, obviously, in the captain's run. Wayne said, I don't know, Cody's not playing fullback. Mm. Anyway, 30 minutes before kickoff, they interviewed Adam Reynolds on Fox. He said, I oh, know, Benji's in the centres. Anyway, yeah. Benji played 5-8. Mm. Cody went to fullback. AJ went out in the wing, and Gagoy come back into the centre. So there's a, yeah. bit, well, Brandy- there's a bit of foxing going on there, uh, Pre-game, you actually said that before the game, Brownie. That's what the lineup you thought that they would run with, and it just makes sense to. And I think they've got to just name that team next week again. The same combinations. Yeah, yeah. my thoughts were because I think you need AJ on that left wing because we create a lot down that side. You need someone that's got that explosive speed to go down there, and one, I mean it worked on a couple of occasions on the weekend. I don't think if there was any other player, I don't think. We would have scored a couple of them tries, well, but because AJ's got that explosive speed, mm. we created and, and we scored a couple of tries. Well, the first try in the second half, which was a really late offload from Liam Knight, which we haven't got a lot out of him this year. Come back a little rusty last week. I thought he was um, impressive. Yeah, he was. He sort of had a bit of leg drive about him. And a little wrap to the bench. Now, your bench, you don't want them to come on and make an error. Again, our bench, come on. Not one error from the bench at all. Mm. Uh, they all played sort of 
20 to 30 odd minutes and they all ran out they all ran over 100 meters too chaps yeah, so our bench is always oh, except the key. For, except for sorry except for jacob host who didn't have as many minutes but the three key guys the mm. goat liam and jai all over 100 meters and that's and that's sensational numbers from your bench it is and it caught them napping that late offload we, we were set up for a sort of that left hand edge play where we had two blokes run the decoy Playing them out the back. In the end, we had a two-man overlap, not a one-man overlap. Mm. Gay guy scored in the corner. Yeah, exactly. And, and speaking of bromances, Brownie, we say it every week, but we're going to say it again because what about the cam offload to put Benji into open space to a flying AJ, which we just made mention of before, but he does it week in and week out. He's a superstar, and we are winning all these games because of guys like this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could honestly, you could give Cam Murray the man of the match every week if you if you wanted to. Mm. He's he's always in the top five, top two players. Uh, in the game. And 48 tackles. 48 yeah. tackles. And I texted his dad and I said, mate, he's just a superstar. It's so consistent. He's never got a bad game in him. No. And, you know, you don't have to get praise from me, from Cam Murray. But there is one moment in that game that I just want to talk to you about. And it probably sealed us a win. We were in front, but we're only in front marginally. They put a, the Gold Coast put a bomb up. And Cody Walker, the ball was floating in the air and he caught it on his fingertip, boys. Did you see that? How skillful is this bloke, Cody Walker? Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh, we're putting your fullback this week, son. Yeah. Did not look out of place at all, did he? No. You know, and I think we scored off the back of that. I think we went down the other end and scored. And that sort of like sealed the win for us. Because um, young Jackson Paulo, boys, I might pose this question. He's a little sketchy under the high ball. He had a couple of bobbles again. Mm. He sort of turned his back one time and bobbled it back and, and Cody... Tidied up for him. Yeah. Had he not been there, there could have been a few dramas. And the opposition's um, looking at that because they're bombing to him. I think it happened at Brookvale. He, when, dro- when he, he dropped, dropped a lot of bombs balls. at Brookvale. He, mm. I think he might have, could have been injured as well mm. on that length of the field try. He got injured before the break. I think it could have been a leg injury. I'm not 100% sure. So he could be in doubt this week as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, and He needs to work on that and maybe his defence as well. But more game time he gets... He'll improve, and he still scored a good try for us. Finished, you know, good wingers put themselves in position to score those tries, and he was right there, got us that try. Yeah, definitely. And look, just in summary, uh, when we clicked in the gear, we we looked really good. The concerning point is the 30 points that they scored. I don't think they'll be happy because they have been working really hard on their defence. I think over the last three weeks, we've only had 20 points scored against us. So that's an average of six a game. So they won't be happy with the 30 points. I think you'll see a different team next week against Canberra in terms of our defence. And a stat that probably stands out more than all of them is we conceded nine line breaks. That's a fair bit of line breaks, boys, in an 80-minute game if you're feeding them about going all the way. I think we had seven line breaks, they had nine. So yep. uh, they want to be tidying that one up. I'm sure JD will be all over that one. Like a rash. And a quick shout-out to all the people who went out to the game. There was 17,300 and something, and they reckon Josh Kemp put a tweet out, one of the boys from the borough, he said... More than 10,000 of those up there were South fans. Don't worry there you about go. that. He said it was like a home game away from home. Mm. It was, definitely. Yep. All the photos on social media. Yep, there was, was one really of, good. There was one of Michelle Cheney who made the trip up, and she got one with Damien Cook, who also we haven't mentioned, but also had a great game. So great man, Cookie. Thanks to all the fans that went up there. And shout out to the borough and all our fans out there, connecting the Rabbitohs community across Australia and around the world. Let's move on to Rabbitohs news brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs. The Rabbitohs, home away from home. The place to play while the Bunnies are away. Now, just quickly, I went to a Men of League function on Friday, hosted by the Botany Battler, Sir Henry Morris. The Mighty and, H. And it was a great arvo. I met Ray Brannigan, 
Also, Bob McCarthy and Mike Cleary were there. They're great days, these. And the highlight was hearing from women's rugby league legend Tasha Gale, the sister of Scott and Brett Gale. And I spoke to Tasha, and she didn't hesitate when I asked her to come on the podcast. So you can look forward to hearing from her during the season because she has done it all in the game, played for Australia. She's a pioneer of women's rugby league. Well, there you go. I didn't know she was related to Scott and Brett Gale. And neither did I. Neither did I until she started telling the story on stage. And we're going to get her to tell it on the podcast, but I'll just quickly say it. She said, I had no choice living with two older brothers. She said, I'd get up to go to the toilet and be getting tackled. Getting grassed around, <laughs> getting grassed in the lounge room, and then and she said, and they wouldn't they wouldn't let me up. They'd be roughing me up, like they'd be eye gouging me, and you know it was a different era. But Jizzy was a good player, Scott Gale. Oh, what a player, freakish he was. And I had yeah. the pleasure of playing against him, and he he was electric mm. back in his days at the Tigers. And also Sam Kekovic, the ambassador, was on stage, and he's a funny guy too. So thanks to the juniors board member and proud granddad Pete Ramsey for inviting me as his guest. And Pete loves his grandson Tate, and you know your mates of his son. Nick, aren't you? Yep. Chaps, and yeah, they're a, they're, a, they're a tight family, and Pete always gets the photos out of young Tate kicking a goal for Southeastern or one of his. He's killing it in cricket, too. Good so golfer. A, he's a good golfer. Yeah, he's a good golfer. His he's, dad, Mick, was a good um, cricketer, actually. Yeah, oh, there you go. And he's good. Like, Mick's uh, off plus two or something like that. So, yeah, they're a, they're a sporting family, the Ramseys, and. You might be able to get a few tips. Yeah, well, the golf? well, Tate's actually on Mavis Golf Blog, and he's, he follows me and shares some stuff with me. He's a better golfer than me. He's only a young bloke, but wow. he hits a good ball. He's a good man, Pete. Also, sadly, George Piggins was rushed to hospital during the week with a lung infection, and he last reports was in intensive care, and he's been sedated. So get well soon, George. I've spoke to his nephew, Josh Piggins, and uh, also Norm Lipson, his mate, and we sent our thoughts to Nolene, so... He's a tough old bugger, George. He'll pull yeah. through this, but yeah, yeah, it's just a bit of a scare. Yeah, all our thoughts and uh, well wishes are with all the Piggins family and George. And like you said, Mavo, he's a tough bastard. And uh, just that try that goes around on social media where he scored at Lidcombe Oval when he just burrowed his way through. And Piggins, Piggins, yep. Piggins. He'll yeah. pull through this, man. I, look, I've got a lot of respect for George for what he's done for both this club and for myself. He gave me my debut game, uh, showed faith in me, and uh, I'll show faith in George to get better. Yeah, me too. He, he gave me my debut as well, and and we wouldn't be doing this podcast now if it wasn't for George. No there way. There wouldn't be, no, be any sauce without Georgie. Don't worry about so that. Everyone's got a lot to thank George for, and just looking back through a bit of old footage, and George actually made his first grade debut, Rabbitoh number 546, on Anzac Day. 1967 against Newtown. On this day. On, on this day, and got sent off <laughs> on debut. Well, as you know, what my next-door neighbour is his nephew, Dave. And yep. I bumped Dave on Friday, just asked how's George going. And he said, oh, well, he normally goes for lunch with all all his brothers and all that on a Tuesday, and he wasn't up to it. And then they sort of knew something was up. He like he, he fell ill overnight. Mate, yep, we're right behind George here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. And get well soon, mate. And the Rabbitohs put out a, a press release on Friday from Jeremy Monaghan there, host of the Top 4 podcast, that the Rabbitohs are right behind Latrell Mitchell for reporting two men who have been charged over the alleged online racial abuse, which is disgusting, in mm. my opinion, mm. and it's cowardly and they're weak. There's no place for these imbeciles in rugby league or society, boys. Correct. Yep. They got their right whack. I think they were from up Taree, from around where... Mm. Latrell's from as well. Yeah, yeah. And that, I hate keyboard warriors, cowards that say this stuff behind that. Like, what's wrong with these people? It's it's just not on. And yeah, good on you, Latrell. Stay fit while you're having a break. Look after yourself, and we'll see you when you get back 
for the Penrith game. We'll talk about that in a little bit later. I just read somewhere that he's not going back to the farm in the four weeks. He's hanging around. Usually he'll go back to the farm, but mm. he wants to come back fit and ready. Obviously, South is the most important thing for to try and get a couple of wins, but State of Origin is only uh, two weeks away after that. So he's hanging around. He went up to the Gold Coast with the boys. He was involved with the team songs. So... Good. Good on you, Latrell. It seems like he's in the right headspace. We all saw how he was playing, and he's committed to this football team and this club. And so to hear you say that, Brownie, that's very encouraging because I can't wait to see him get back out there in that monster Panthers clash in Dubbo on his return. Okay, um, obviously he's been suspended for four weeks, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Now we're going to go to Spotlight on the Pathways, brought to you by What If. It's Aussie for travel. Yes, and the games weren't televised yesterday. It was New South Wales Cup versus Parramatta at Ringrose Park, and they were up at half-time, Bernie, but got rolled 38-20. to 20. Yeah, not the result that we were looking for. However, Stephen Masters, he scored a double. He was supposed to play on Friday night. Yep. But was ruled out and came back and played against Parramatta at Ringrose Park and scored a double. And Tautau Moga was sent from the field. So I don't know at what stage... But, no, I yeah. think it was, it was late in the game, about 10 to go. But um, also, Dean Hawkins never never played. Uh, Zane Bajorak come on, played halfback, scored a couple of tries too. He normally, yeah. normally plays out in the wing. Mm. He's got plenty of and talent, though. Young, yeah. young bloke, hasn't he? He's quick, eh, over a short period there. Probably lacked a little bit of forward depth there in, in that squad, but uh, it was 20 all for a, a fair while there. But they must have kicked away at the back end when we went down a man. They're always strong, those... Uh, lower grade Eels teams, aren't they? But, Always. Yeah, and so that rolls into the Jersey flag. They got hammered 48-12 to 12 in the game before the New South Wales Cup. So that was a bit of a surprise. Our man from last week, Davey Mawali, who was on the show. How good was he on the show last week? And if you haven't heard that one, go back and have a listen because he's going to be a star of the future. But, yeah, they got pumped. Yeah, well, I, um, I had a party at my house yesterday and we had, obviously, Chock Gale. His mum runs a business there called Spoilt Parties. She, she set up a disco and, and Chuck came over and helped set it up with his sister. And he went out and watched the game. Then he came back later and he said, oh, look, we'll, we're missing a few players and stuff like that. We had a couple of guys playing up from the 18s. Um, it wasn't a great result. But he said, a little update on his injuries. had a shoulder injury. He's been out for a fair while. He hasn't played for over 12 months, I think. 18. Oh, 18 we months. Seen him at yeah. The... yeah, we said it last week. We saw him at, well, the, at Stadium the Australia. And he's... Dying to get back on the field. Well, he said two weeks. I'm going to oh, get good. back on the field. Oh, and he's going to be ready to go. We might go yeah. out and watch him play, boys. Yeah. yeah, and he's in the top squad next year too. So he's they've got big raps on young Chuck Gale. And, and he, he absolutely he loves the Rabbitohs. Yes. Yeah, oh, he loves he loves and he loves so the pod- his mum. He loves the podcast, chaps. He got a photo with you. And can yeah. you just tell us about the party? Your daughter, it was your daughter, Sam, Samara's birthday. And they asked her what song she wants specially played and what, what song did she pick? And she picked Glory, Glory to South Sydney. I've seen that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she was it. fair income too. And she's always up on stage with us yep. at the post-match function, singing the song. So she, well done to her. She got about, you know, 20 or 30 different presents off her friends. Yeah. But one of her friends from next door bought her a Rabbitoh scarf. As soon as she got up this morning, she's wearing it. <laughs> Good uh-huh. Yeah, just on Chuck Gale, you know who he is related to? Not Tasha Gale. No. Ah. The Butchers. Okay. Matt Butcher. So they've got football... Blood in there. Blake. Jeans. Blake. Blake. Good bloke. So, Blake. We played with Blake at the Rabbitohs. Yeah, he, he was a, a champion tough, fella. He Matt Negan. Yep. He yeah, was well, tough, Brownie, wasn't he, Blake? Yeah, no, a tough player, mate. Front rower. 
only small in stature but big in heart. So if that's part of the if Chock's part of that family, though, I'm not one bit surprised how tough Chock is too. Egan's actually, uh, I think he's 18th man today, so he's not far away getting a start with the. Well, he's supposed Roosters. to be a good young player, um, Egan, but um, Chocky Gale, he's also eligible for the Jersey flag next year as well, so he's still only a young fella. Yeah. Mm. Just on yesterday, I know you had a party, but you also had the border riders, chaps. How'd you go? We did. Yeah, well, I went all right. I oh, no, I surfed pretty ordinary to myself, but it was a good day. Um, we represented the Anzacs. And what round did you make it to? Oh, I got in the semis. But, yeah, um, oh. semis. We had 135 competitors, is that which second, is a huge is it, day. Did you beat Sutt? Did you finish uh, The big man come down off the plane. I think he, I'm not sure how he ran. He, he might have got knocked out in his first heat, but... So the semis is a second round type thing? Yeah, second round. Because yeah. he was talking himself up as the best surfer in Maribor, and you've made the semis and Big Side hasn't. No, I was, I was in the Masters over 40. He would have been in the A-Guy. Oh, the yeah, Masters? He was, he was I, in the Rolls-Royce division, mate. Well, so he's I, up against some pretty hot, hot surfers. Oh, yeah, yeah. the best oh, surfers at Maribor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got a bit of mail today that they reckon you should drop back down to B-grade. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's only the mail I got today. Well, the Masters like B-grade, yeah. At DP World. <laughs> over 40. Yeah, yeah but, I was pretty ordinary, but... But in saying that... The person that beat you went on to win the tournament. Yeah, true. Flopper. Matt Flop. Phillips, the resident beach inspector. Another mad rabbiter. But uh, we also, um, we have uh, an Anzac, a former um, member of the, the Army Services, Eric Bouvouet, Froggy. Froggy, yeah. Um, he came down and we did a little, did a little tribute to him. And nice. gave him our little prize and that. And he had a couple of beers with us. And he's nice. 91 years of age, by the way. Oh, so, yeah, he's a legend. Wow. He's a... Uh, Donated some money to the club and his will and everything. He just he just loves the junior development side of surfing. So we were lucky to get the good weather and whatnot. But um, yeah, it was Cookie who told me, mate, Andrew Cookshank. I know you can surf, mate. I'm looking at your picture here right now. So you don't never take a backward step, chaps. Right, you don't. You're going to win next that next tournament at the Masters. They don't give those my brother's keepers tattoos to anyone, mate. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to earn it. Anyway, back to the pathways. The women's team will be playing St Mary's on Monday, 7pm. And congrats to Brandy Davis-Walsh on making her debut. The Rabbitohs women's team shared that, and we'll share that on the episode webpage. And that's another young lady that's earned a Rabbitohs starting player number. So good luck. Hopefully she comes in and they get their first win. And the girls had a bit of surprise down there at Urco. They were training the other day, and guess who comes down? Owner Russell Crowe comes down, gets a few photos with the girls, and watches them go through their paces, and... Katie Brown put up on her Instagram page and mm. Renee Burgess and yeah that was a big thrill for the girls. Yep, I wonder if he gave him the the talk, you know, the the, the motivational speech about the book you know, of feuds, the book of feuds and all that. Yeah. He might he might have had it. They'll be fired up tomorrow, the girls. They'll do it for Rusty. Oh, let's hope so. So let's go to our first break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Okay, Rabbitohs Radio listeners, we've got Borough member Damo Batty on the line. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, mate. Uh, g'day, chap. G'day, Brownie. G'day, yeah, Damo. How are you, Beyond. mate? Hello, mate. Now, welcome to Rabbitohs Radio, mate. Now, where are you from and what was it like growing up there? Originally grew up on the Central Coast, actually. Um, original home was Yamina and uh, the Yamina Bunnies up there and, yeah. and McMaster Speaks later on. Spent a little bit of time out at Dubbo. Dad was in the police force. And uh, we moved around a little bit, but um, come back to the Central Coast and grew up mainly in McMaster Beach, a little surf culture, surf club culture, and a great rugby league community up on the Central Coast. So, um, yeah, it was it was fantastic. You know, a lot of times we uh, 
um, you know, spend our, our summers down the beach and our know, winters somewhere on a footy paddock. So, uh, great, great childhood. Tell us about your family, mate, your brother's sister. Yeah, I've got uh, older brother, my brother Craig. He's, uh, he's actually a pastor now in the Uniting Church. And uh, my younger sister uh, works uh, she's up in Queensland and she, uh, she works for I think, Pacific National Rail. Yeah, Craig's uh, living in Brisbane. And, yeah, it, they're, they're pretty close to me, um, as in age-wise, and we're pretty tight, but also, you know, being, me being the middle one, I don't know, you probably had middle child syndrome, you know. Following after <laughs> my, my, my brother, he, uh, he, was, uh, he was a smart one, and uh, my young sister was a cheeky one, and me somewhere in the middle, yeah, <laughs> trying to deal with the, the both of them from either side. Oh, mate, I had a great, I had a great start childhood, you know, learn how to surf on the coast, and, you know, surf club. I uh, joined the surf club from Nippers from a young age and then went back there later on and McMaster Beach Surf Club and made it the chief instructor there, which is a great honour. And I think uh, that's what spurred me on to join the military, you know, service to the community and service to the nation. It's uh, something that those values that my father and my mother uh, brought me up on, you know, dad being police and he was a tradie and mum was a nurse. So uh, those values that inculcated in me were, uh, they were right on the money. And I think uh, I was always destined to be in the military. Just uh, mentioned the military, mate. You've been there for 25 years. Tell us how that came about and what serving this country means to you. Yeah, well, uh, as you know, you're recording, recording this on Anzac Day, which is a you know a really special day. I uh, I joined the Navy Cadet. Actually, initially I was in the scout, the scouting organisation with you know it's very uh, military mindset, uh, value values of the military, values of service, community minded, also instilling that leadership culture in, um, in in kids and uh, I moved naturally on to into cadets because uh, I enjoyed that um, that discipline I enjoyed the skills that uh, it provided me and the confidence growing up and uh, I uh, applied well, first I applied for an advert scholarship in the Navy but they rejected me because uh, I was uh, <laughs> well the Navy rejected me and the Army picked me up so uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's good for the Navy or good for the Army but uh, Oh, mate, you've spent 25 years there, so... I'm 25 years of service in the Army. I'll I, I tell you that um, it means the world to me. Wearing, and I've said this before, wearing that uh, flag on my arm to work, it's just such an honour and a privilege, and, a, and uh, to be able to represent the country, and, and also more so represent the country on operations and operational service, is you can't put a value or you can't, you can't pay for that. It's, it's just something that's a great privilege and honour for me. And to keep serving on, in any capacity I can serve in, whether you know it doesn't really matter for me. I'm not worried about promotion or uh, advancement. I just fucking provide some value to serve the community. That's something that's outstanding for me. And and my family have been right there behind me. And yeah, it, it's just a great honour and a privilege. So, what rank are you, mate? And what would your job description be? Yeah, I, I'm a major, and I've been a major for nearly ten years now. So, uh, and that's, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Good rank to be. Uh, you get to stay in contact with the soldiers more, but it's also engaged with the senior officers, uh, and they 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 come to respect what your uh, opinion is um, after a few few uh, runs on the board. But my job at the moment, I'm working um, in the brigade headquarters for uh, for logistics and um, and 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 health. So uh, when I work out at Ramwick, it's a great place to work. Uh, it's a nice little two kilometre walk down the beach, so an half mm. k walk down the beach, and do some PT down there uh, or physical training and. Um, and I've uh, worked as a staff officer. And uh, again, it's been a, uh, this is my second year there. 
as a staff officer at Starvet headquarters, and, and it's again, it's, it's a privilege to work there. We when I got posted there, uh, we're in the in the uh, depths of the, the bushfire crisis, and uh, my fantastic, brilliant uh, brigade commander, he's just commanding it this year. I remember his words rang out: "No greater honour to uh, look after Australians in peril." And uh, even though that's a domestic operation, you know, a lot of us uh, crave to go overseas and, uh, and represent. Um, it's no great honour to work um, at home on the home front and look after uh, 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 Australians that are in peril, and uh, that, that they need that um, they need that service from us. What about tours, mate? Have you gone on any tours overseas and served, oh, yeah, served um, overseas? I have. And again, that's a, a great privilege. You know, early in my career, I uh, served over in Bougainville. So during the East Timor um, operation, I went to Bougainville and my soldiers went up to Timor. That's okay. No problem there. It's, uh, Bougainville was, uh, of course, in crisis for, for 10 years. And we're at, when, when we went in to, um, to support the communities and get out of that, that stalemate and that crisis uh, that they had, uh, that was, uh, I worked in a uh, combined health element over in Bougainville back in 1999, 2000. And uh, in fact, it's the same time as when you know we were evicted from the comp, and I was I was uh, occupied in Bougainville, and we we're looking after not just Australians but the Bougainville and Papua New Guinea community. And later, I deployed into um, into Solomon Islands for a short for a short stint, mm-hmm. and uh, most recently, which is nearly ten years ago now, back in 2012, I uh, I deployed to Afghanistan, and that was um, yeah, that, that would have been completely different as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, bloody hot zone over there. So, look, it's Anzac Day today, mate, where we pay respect to the Anzacs, but also to men and women who have served like you. What does Anzac Day mean to you? You know, Anzac, it was our first, and I've got to probably quote a couple of people here, but uh, our first operation, you know, um, our first time that we deployed as a nation under uh, under Federation. And it, it's the, the battlefield that we really, uh, you know, we're untested. Uh, we come together with New Zealanders, uh, the Kiwis, and and to to volunteer for service to go over to uh, uh, to fight on that on that front. It's something that we we didn't know, and we and we were untested. We were, um, you know, certainly still strongly part of the uh, you know the, the the UK or part of England um, and their methodology. We uh, you know in the ten years since um, Federation into two thousand and four, uh, sorry, question nineteen fourteen, is that we had quite a lot of lost words here, but we were. Uh, Forming us, forging ourselves into a formidable, you know, nation where we could, you know, have, have something to protect our nation. Our navy it was young, our army was young. We didn't have an air force at the time. You know, we uh, in World War Two we had that was in World War One. We uh, formed the Army Air Corps, and uh, to go over to um, Gallipoli and and to perform with distinction uh, on the day that we landed on that on that shore, which is a which is a mistake, and pretty much take a foothold on day one. Under uh, under fire under uh, under fire from the Turks who were very well trained by the Germans was something that I think defined the Australian spirit and uh, and that went right through World War One you know we were not also in um, around Gaza and in uh, the Middle East and, and also into across into northern France and into uh, Europe where uh, in horrific conditions we continue to prove that Australia's metal on the battlefield and I think when I look to that. It's not hard to look back to uh, what they did and, and take inspiration from that. That's what the day means to me. Mm. And but the current operations and, and serving men and women of all of our uh, um, and, and all those that we've lost. You know, we lost four two in Afghanistan, and you know, I lost four on, on the tour on my tour. Mm, um, I 
still wear on my wrist. You know, their names on my wrist. And a couple of military working dogs as well. Mm. The loss of my tour, it stays with you. And to be able to just quietly reflect and commemorate and to pay our respects to those that have gone um, and also to remember the living and to remember those that are still serving, to remember those families that have been affected, but also our, our veterans who um, may be struggling and uh, suicide and suicide, our veterans you know, taking their own lives is something that um, is, is you know, right down the forefront of our, um, our minds at the moment. And uh, good to see that uh, we're getting a uh, Royal Commission into it. But, yeah, that Ranzac Day, incredibly special for me. Uh, Damo, you just mentioned the mental health side of things. And what about yourself? How, how, how have you dealt with it? I, um, my wheels fell off back in 2016. I was um, in a really good posting down to uh, Wodonga, over Wodonga, and, and uh, I didn't know. No, I, I came back changed. Like every one of us does mm. um, in some kind of way. Mm. And, and you don't know, and you don't realise, and you just soldier on. And I think, and you say, well, you know, you're toughen up, and, but you, you don't know that you've been changed. You don't know, you know until you look back at yourself and go, well, hang on, holy cow, I've, I've been suffering this now in time. But you don't think you're suffering. You just, just grit your teeth and go with it. But yeah, my wheels fell off. Mate. I, I, I suffer from anxiety, PTSD, and depression. And back in 2016, my wheels fell off. And I was very lucky enough to have a, a loving wife who said, you know, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I'm going to put my hand up and go and reach out for help. The best thing you ever done, mate. Yeah. The best thing I've done. <laughs> I've got to segue into um, rugby league here. And look. Um, Please do. The Rabbitohs has been a been an amazing organisation for me, and the passion that our members and our support of our members in the borough, of course, my family, immediate family, and Carly's family. Carly coached me back into the Rabbitohs. Actually, uh, my great grandparents all grew up around. Uh, actually, my great grandfather had a, uh, a farm in Waterloo, <laughs> and oh, they had uh, a farm. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that now. Yeah, they're in a swamp land and now. So yeah. <laughs> all right. Now you got, but, now you've got um, to have an apartment there. A dairy farm, yeah, that's right. And they yeah. worked on the railway lines. And my, my father's side, he grew up in Little Bay, you know, it's uh, down near the uh, um, the Little Bay um, uh, quarantine station, which, you know, when the soldiers came back from overseas and mm. needed to be rehabbed. So there's a strong Rabbitohs connection in my um, in my family. But I was a rugby league orphan because I left rugby league when, of course, Super League came in. And when they evicted Rabbitohs from the comp, I was just like, I'm off you. And so um, <laughs> I, started, I started training rugby union, you know, and uh, coaching and playing in rugby union down for Army and the Board Army Rugby Club and won a premiership with them. But the Rabbitohs have been an outstanding organisation. Um, as far as the Valleys and Andrew Abdo at the um, at the Ted Larkin narration the other day, I think he nailed it. And uh, this is what I've always said about, you know, a, a, combative, a combative sport such as rugby league. There are values that parallel rugby league and, and what our boys take out of the field and what our girls too, you know, and, and what our juniors take onto that paddock. And, and I think our cult, our coaching staff recognise it. And certainly um, certainly our CEO does and our general and our management does. But three, you know, out of the paper, you know, I thought this this just struck to my heart. And I'll, I'll just read out of the annual Ted Larkin oration hosted by the NRL Rugby League Central this week was a reminder of how Anzac qualities of bravery Ingenuity, endurance, and mateship were carried over from the front line onto the rugby league field. Mm. You know how many have we had that have served and and served on operations and, and served defence and uh, and played on to play for um, you know, our glorious Cardinal Myrtle. Indeed, Dan. We think, we spoke today. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. We spoke today about Jack Rayner. Um, obviously oh. served in in the in the 
signed up in the winter of 1941 in the 61st battalion, mate. And um, I always think of, I always think of Jack um, around Anzac Day, yep. mate. He's just one of us, you know. He's just one of the um, a veteran who played footy for the Rabbitohs. And today, just revving up the boys in the shed before we went on, you know, they, they get it. You know, the guys I played with today were a mix of some veterans, but police um, as well, like big police and um, and guys who just understand service. And uh, and they just understand what that, you know, symbology, yes, it's, it's important, but the legacy that has been passed on through generations. Just enlighten us what's happened today um, so we can let the listeners know what, what you've just taken part in. Well, I'm a, I'm, I could probably say I'm, you know, getting on a bit in age. I'm 47 now and and I miss playing rugby league. And, and, and you can do that now as an old guy and uh, after over 35 as a Masters player, you know, 35 and... And it's a different format to the game, but you can play on and if you need to, you know, put some gold shorts or red shorts on and, you know, have different tackling rules, um, you can do it. And last year was meant to be the uh, the uh, inaugural uh, Victorian Masters Rugby League match uh, spawned by an, an idea. We had a Masters Carnival in Wodonga. And in, in Victoria, Rugby League is like not even, you know, it pales in significance to, uh, to AFL. You know, it's, it's still ruled down here, of course. But nice. rugby league is starting to grow, you know, and, and you know, well, it's all the premiers and, and they're starting to get this following. But we, um, the Victorian police Vikings really spawned on this idea of, you know, let, let's have a Anzac Day match with Australian and, and New Zealand players against each other. And last year didn't get ahead because of COVID-19. And, um, and this year I uh, got a phone call in, um, in January and said, Hey, Damo, it's on. Would you like to play? And, uh, and I played for the Wodonga Bears Masters and um, and trained, trained a little bit of the uh, the, the Wodonga Storm Rugby League Club, headed up by uh, old Billy Bell, a great mate of mine. And of course, the rest of history, <laughs> we got this thing going. And I can tell you that uh, those Kiwis have been training probably for about four months. Yeah. And I ring in from you know rip in from uh, <laughs> Sydney the day before and uh, <laughs> not know what to expect. But I, look, I fully expected them to smack us, you know. And um, and look, they they don't hit any lighter than. Uh, you know, what you would think a twenty year old would. Yeah. Um and uh, but to pull on that jersey with the uh with our uh, with the rising sun on it and uh lest we forget the ode on um on one sleeve and the poppies on the other and, and of course uh the the Australian uh, coat of arms which was, was all endorsed by um the National Rugby League. Um is it was just an amazing experience and yeah. hey uh, I even pulled off a try in the last five minutes, which is pretty good. Oh <laughs> nice, yeah. Go Damo. <laughs> But I, you know, scored a nice little bruise in my forehead for the, for the, for the, uh, you know, a bit of a battle scar, but just to, to get on there and, um, play amongst some, uh, some of the best, you know, blokes you could know on Anzac Day. And, you know, we had, we had the pack and the RSL come out and play the last post and, mm. yeah, I couldn't help but, uh, you know, tear up knowing no. what that means. What, what colour yeah. shorts do you wear so you don't get tackled? Oh, I was, oh, um, so red shorts is a grab and a gold shorts is a touch. Oh, yeah. So, um, give me gold, yeah. mate. Give me gold. You get gold? Come and play with us, mate. So, <laughs> love, love you too. Yeah. Take, take it down for the Von- Wodonga Carnival October after, oh. the, uh, after the season's over. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Too busy with the podcast, mate. No, nah, Brown, he won't. He won't have a go. I've tried to get him. I had a run at the Gold Coast one, and Brownie's not keen. But uh, they are great weekends, and uh, I'll never forget. Oh. Never forget mine. But we like get said, you boys down to broadcast. Down yeah, there, yeah, know? we you should. Can... We should. Well, we'll chuck a jersey on you and uh, get you some gold shorts, and nah. you 
Or tight. You can commentate it. Yeah, 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 mic us up. That's I'll com- it. I'll commentate it down there, Damo. Don't huh. worry about that, yeah, mate. Good. But also, mate, you you worked with the Rabbitohs women's team, the blue shirt, I believe. Oh, yeah. Tell us how that all came about. Well, again, um, last year, um, Michelle Cheney, um, and, and God bless her, I, I love the Cheneys, and, and, you know, they've just had a loss, of course, you know, mm. with Mike in the last few weeks. And Michelle um, is like the mom of the team. And, uh, yep. and I've always loved following the girls. And so we, as a family, we've been following the girls, you know, since their, their uh, inception a few, a few years ago. And Michelle hits me up out of the blind and said, uh, in 2019, end of 2019, said, hey, Damo, you want to, um, you know, army background, you want to come down and do a boot camp? And I said, we'd love to. So, uh, you know, I selected a couple of uh, my veteran mates and a couple of my, um, and a couple of uh, PDIs, you know, that's uh, been great mates with. And we went a boot camp for the girls. And then, of course, COVID happened. And um, the, the competition went went cold and went on to ice. And um, the blue shirt, unfortunately, um, couldn't make it because during COVID he was he was you know stuck up in uh, on the central coast and was required to almost stay in a semi bubble. You know, could travel down and uh, be part of it. And I got a trainer's ticket and they said, oh, Damo, how would you like to be a trainer? And the girls really respect you. And I said, I'd be amazingly honoured. And uh, and and that's it. The rest is history. You know, just uh, uh, the girls. Are- just so inspirational. You so know, what you're just, saying uh, is you're the Stephen Bradbury of the blue shirts. They all fell over, and you were it. <laughs> they all fell over, and that's it. That's all <laughs> the Stephen Bradbury of the blue shirt, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You're obviously <laughs> a mad South fan, mate. Um, tell us a bit about your Rabbitohs man cave, mate. Oh, <laughs> so um, we can't fit well now. And the house we're in is a DHA home, and uh, like enough to get down the uh, down the Shire, and a uh, great little cold attack. And so um, we parked cars out in the street, and we got so much stuff, and it's a small, much smaller house that came out of in uh, Wodonga. So I uh, started building our own man cave, uh, the Rabbitohs Den, or I think we, we nicknamed it, you know, DC, meaning Damien O'Carley's Dungeon of Pain. Uh, we got uh, <laughs> could do PT, so um, we we just go to Bunnings and bought a heap of those rubber, you know, one meter by one meter, uh, eleven mil squares, put them on the floor, did some free what, got some free weights, and then. Uh, it just went from there and kept on growing. And uh, I don't know, the, the latest Road to Glory, I think, uh, yeah, I was interviewed by, uh, you know, interviewed in the in the shed in the man cave. You've got to see what's like hanging up there. I just keep adding to it. It's more, I don't know if it's more of a, a gym or a bar or a workshop, but it's a, a bit of a blend of all three. A bit of everything, yeah. Yeah, you can do your workout in the morning, fix up something in the afternoon, and then um, watch the bunnies. have a few beers in the afternoon, watch them on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> nice. What did you think of their uh, game the other night, mate? It was sort of heart in, heart in your mouth at stages, wasn't it? It's a tale of two halves, really. I mean, it's, mm. um, I don't know what was going on first half, but whatever Wayne said or someone said at halftime seemed to do the trick. You know, they just came over and blitzed them. I don't know. Sometimes we got, I think we just got to get the uh, – I think we go walkabout for a couple of minutes, you know. <laughs> you know and get our groove back on, but uh, look, if we're not playing, if we, we're doing that and we're not playing at our best, imagine what we're doing. We're playing at our best. So I think, um, you know, yeah, it trills out, and we've got a few injuries, but I think we just keep going that extra mile or just digging deeper. Mm. And uh, we've been behind before, and we just you know, mowed down opposition. And that's what I love about them. You know, they just come from adversity. They see what's up against them, and then hang their head. We're never and beat, they just are we? Just dig in and go. Oh. Uh, it, it's just unreal to watch. I mean, the week before, they gave me a heart attack, and I thought they were going to do the same thing this week. But mm. uh, lucky enough, it uh, got out to a 10-point lead. But I, I, don't think, I don't think Titans were in it the second half. I think 
even though they came back at us, I, th- I just thought we we're just hitting our groove. And Benji Marshall, I mean, <laughs> Cameron Murray, Benji, Mar- Benji Marshall, they just just keep giving more and more. Cameron Murray, in particular, I'm, I just uh, yeah, I'm yeah. lucky enough to train his sister Bree. You know, yeah, just what a family. You know, yeah. um, mm. we, we love him. We love him here on Rabbitohs Radio podcast. Yeah. They're a yeah, great family. No, Mum Angela, Mum Angela, and and Dad, they're they're great people. So it's a, you're, you're right. It's a great family, mate. Uh, you're a busy man. What do you like doing outside of work and, and obviously supporting the bunnies? If I'm not painting a banner or something, or hanging uh, <laughs> up coming to a game, I'm training the Cronulla Kangbar Sydney Shield side at the moment. Which is, my my next door neighbour was in the uh, was the same cul-de-sac. He said, "Well, same old, not training the girls this year. We need another trainer." So I said, <laughs> "Well, why the hell not?" And I tell you, I the boys. You know, back in the boys' footy, you know, um, I won't swear, but you know, a bit of talking, yeah, <laughs> and a bit of uh, stirring. I love that. I love that. Uh, is that a great? Is it? Sorry. It's uh, Sydney Shield. So um, uh, you got, well, you get an hour early, you got Canterbury Cup, then Ron yep. Massey, and then Sydney Shield, and they're their premiums from last year. But I tell you, they you got a few ex NRL players in there, and they you yeah. know, they, they they carry a point. Their point. So if you have a number of points, you know you you know you just got to be careful what you don't go over. So you don't you're not sacking a team full of champions. Yeah, Michael um, Lisha. Michael Lisha, does he play there? Michael Lisha, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, come right. back from injury, but he's a top top bloke. Jaden uh, Walker, Jaden Walker there. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. oh mate, um, there's some great lads there. Yeah, I know a couple um, of boys. Yeah, and um, and they just they got a weekend off this weekend, so they've let their hair down a little. Yeah. Which is good, you know. Go, they're all respectful. They go that go down to um, you know, down to the park for um, dawn service, and then um, what else am I doing? I'm um, oh, I surf whenever I can. You know, get the longboard out and go down and have a sw- have a surf down anywhere down the uh, down at Cronulla or anywhere up the coast there. Oh, you'll get on um, good with our host, chaps. <laughs> yeah. oh, Loves his surfing. Love surfing. Oh, how good is it? I do no, it every I do it every day. Even if, if I you could, can't but... catch a wave, you know, you're just sitting out there in the surf and just enjoying it. You know, yeah. it's brilliant. Do you use your military background when you're coaching the team? Are they like a well-drilled unit? Oh yeah, look, they, they love the. Um, I, I love chucking um, a couple of military type of drills in. Um, and I make them do a rope carry, or you know, get them to get them to some bloody out of the uh, out of the ordinary sort of drills. And they they just lick it up. They just they just eat it up. You know, I love it. They love it. <laughs> you know, just the way we talk. You know, 25 years it's just, just drilled India and. Uh, you're almost barking orders at them. They're going, who is this guy? You know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, we love to hey, see hey, that. Hey, talk back. That's uh, down for 10. You know, like, yeah. Give me 10. <laughs> Give me 10. Well, mate, it's been <laughs> sensational that you've, yeah. you've joined us on Anzac Day. So, Major Damo Batty, thanks for your service and thanks for joining it's us a on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. It's a pleasure and thanks for having me on. So, yeah, boys, pretty special to speak to a, a major in the Australian Army, a lifetime in of service. And he's one of the reasons why we have Anzac Day to honour the living and the ones that have passed. The but past some of that and present, yeah. some of that stories he told us, I think what what I really got goosebumps is when he was talking about how the Aussie spirit was formed back in Gallipoli on the beach when we were getting battered and getting murdered and we just kept advancing and we found a foothold and that developed the Aussie spirit that is with us today. And also the fact that we, we stand side by side with our countrymen across the ditch, the Kiwis. Mm. I know we love to, to bash them up on the sporting field and, and, and they give it to us at times, but... Uh, they're probably the two freest, best countries on the planet, New Zealand and Australia, a place where you can feel safe and, and people have um, fought and died mm. uh, for that reason. Like you just said and like you just said, Mavo, it's a day of honouring the past and the present and he's 
lost a few people mm. under his wing yep. uh, on tour, and he's got them written on his wrist, he said. Mm. And, you know, the mental health that they battle. To hear his struggles, people. mate, and, and, and yeah. how he come out the other side and, and dealt mm. with it. Yeah, I was going to say that when he said it, and no wonder he's had those struggles because he's lost four of his mates at, at war. And how do you come home and deal with that? So you can understand, and we spoke about mental health, and it is a struggle. Well, just to tell you a quick little story, uh, on my walk from the Gold Coast to Sydney when we were uh, raising awareness for suicide and mental health, a gentleman joined us who'd been on four tours to Afghanistan, and he lived in the mountains. He he cannot face people. So he knew that we were doing a a walk for raising awareness, and he joined us. And um, the only time he comes down to a town is to get food, and then he goes back up to a mountain and lives on his own. That's the demons that he's facing. And mm. uh, you can imagine what these people seen and went through uh, on some of these tours. And like you said, um, the ones that come back, um, they can't deal with it. And, and, and they can't find people. They think the only way out is suicide, and, yep. and that's terrible mm. yep. to think. Lest we forget, boys. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Export Freight Systems. Email ian at efsau.com.au and mention Rabbitohs Radio. He'll take care of you. NG Farrah have forged an enviable reputation for consistently delivering outstanding results. Rabbitohs Radio is proudly brought to you by the Juniors. Graves was undoubtedly one of the finest players of his time and one of the most popular men in league. Jack Rayner again. Yes, yes, Johnny was. Johnny's a very kind-hearted, a good good team man, very generous. I'll never forget one day we played Manly at Brookvale Oval when it was the showground. And uh, I gave John the kick at goal. It was right from the sideline. And someone said, you'll never kick that Graves. He, he said, you'll read about it in the Herald tomorrow. And the ball went straight between the post. This is Remembering a Rabbitoh, brought to you by Export Freight Systems, with thanks to Brad Ryder. Chaps? Rupert, John, Jack, Rayner. Rabideau number 340. Born on the 11th of April 1921 in Korokai, Richmond River near Lismore, north coast of New South Wales. Well, he would have been over 100 on just the 11th of April, just gone. There you if go. If he was still alive. Indeed. Good pick up, Mova. Century. Jack played rugby league at Lismore in high school in the 1930s, but didn't take it too seriously. He wasn't that keen on it. Now, the family moved down to the southeastern suburbs where Jack played grade cricket and grade hockey. So he's a fair sportsman, this bloke, boys. He was a opening bowler for Paddington in first grade there, and he was an absolute tearaway. So this bloke is a, a, a dual sportsman. Don't worry about that. And we've had a couple of them through the Rabbitohs, haven't we? Bronco de Jura. Bronco de Jura. That's one that comes to mind. Mm, he was ahead of Ian Healy back in the day. We've got to get him on too. Yeah, Bronco. Bronco. He'd have a great story. Yeah. Fans love him. He's a great man. Good man. I would. He's a fantastic fullback. Safe as a bank, boys. I think Graham Hughes was another really good cricketer as well. Played for New South Wales, yeah. Bulldogs are man. Retired pretty early too from rugby league. About 26, Graham. Just a, I a little make, side note. I couldn't make the 13 A's or B's at South Sydney High. It shattered me. I never got over that. But anyway, that's a bit beside the point. <laughs> I knew you'd get a mention. <laughs> now, Jack enlisted in the Army in the winter of 1941 in the 61st Infantry Battalion, boys. He was spotted by South player and coach Eric Lewis 
in the muddy fields of Port Moresby. Now, Eric spotted him. He was a rangy back row with high work rate, and he thought, I reckon this bloke can go. So they had a conversation, and Eric said to him, if we ever get out of this alive, promise me you'll play for the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs. And Jack, being a man of his word, he went down and trial for the Rabbitohs in, in the back row in 1946, and he was selected straight off the bat, boys, straight in first grade to start that season in 46. He had an extremely high work rate. Now, he debuted at the tender age of 25. He weren't no spring chicken. He weren't no 20-year-old. And he must have been some sort of player, some sort of leader, boys, because he finished up captaining the following year from 47 through to 57. And he was also captain coach from 50 through to 57. They won five grand finals, only losing one in one of the most controversial grand finals of all time, 1952. Yeah, we heard him speak about that, and he reckons the ref... Cheated. George cheated, Bishop? Basically cheated. and They lived in the same suburb. They mm. both they lived both in Maroubra, yeah. And he yeah. said, I never spoke to him ever again. Never spoke to him. And I saw some highlights of that, and we'll try and share those. It was in the Pride of the League doco where they actually interviewed Jack Rayner and showed some highlights of that game. And he said double movement on one. That looked mm. fair dinkum from, mm. my, from what I've seen. And, yep. and a forward pass, which was thrown backwards. Mm. So I think, uh, I think Georgie's had a bet there, boys. And I think he, he would have had the uh, linesman in tow as well. Oh, for sure. So I reckon uh, Jack was spot on there, and he was he was as honest as they come, Jack. Don't worry about that. Imagine seeing him in the streets down the bra. Oh, tough bloke, mate. He lived up South Maribor, not far from 7-Eleven there, guys. Bit of trivia there. Jack played 194 first-grade games for the Rabbitohs and never played a lower-grade game, boys, for the club. Wow. I don't know how many people can boast that. So 195 first-grade games, not one in second grade, not one in third grade. So that just shows what a talented, tough, good player, legend this guy was. But not, only, I, not only that, he was captain in his second year and then captain coached him mm. for another um, seven. I don't think anyone would have a stat like that in this club. No, I'll say he's the greatest captain coach of all time. Put it that way. One of the greatest Rabbitohs, full stop of all time. And he was quoted as saying later on, I went to the Rabbitohs and never regretted it. Mm, lived there for a long time uh, in that area. Don't worry about that. Now... When he actually retired in 1957, his last game was against the Roosters, a bit of trivia there, and he was actually the oldest player to ever play for the South Sydney Rabbitohs in first grade. That was 36 years and 93 days. Now, Benji Marshall Benji, yeah. is 36 years old and 54 days old as we speak here on Anzac Day. So I reckon by the end of the year, Benji will be the oldest South Sydney player of all time. Mm. Another record. Mm. Another record for Benji. So it sort of ties in nicely after Benji's fantastic game the other night. And he was always a first pick for the reps, boys. Uh, played five games for Australia, but he played 63 rep games all up for City, New South Wales and Australia. So Jeez. that's a fair fair career there, lads, especially starting at the age of 25. Mm, started late and, mm. and finished late. You did. Now, he had plenty of awards. Now, the EE Christensen Player of the Year in 1953, he had a fantastic year in 53. Listen to these awards he won. So he got Player of the Year from E.E. Christensen, and he got the Daily Telegraph Player of the Year as well, and he got the Daily Telegraph Captain of the Year all in 53. So he must have had some season, boys, Captain Coaching. Now, he's also won the Clive Churchill Medal, which wasn't around then, in 1955. He was the man of the match in 55 in that famous win over Newtown. And Did the they Ra- have a name for that back then? Or just Man of the Match? I think it was just Man of the Match. Just Man right? of the Match, yeah. yeah. And that Malcolm Spencer played in that game, our 
remembering a Rabideau from a few weeks back. You did too. Mm. Just tying that in. And in 2002, when the Rabbitohs got back in the comp, at their annual awards ceremony, they named the Player of the Year the Jack Rayner Medal. And they still do to this day. And plenty of good players have won that, boys. Yeah, well, GI won it in 2015, so there you go. None you bigger go. than him. And he was also made a life member of the club in 1968. They didn't muck around. They didn't wait too long for that one, by the sounds of it. Um, and he is really... One of the all-time greats of the Monty South City Rabbitohs, boys. Yep. And it's only fitting that we do Jack today, being an Anzac himself, and served greatly for our country. Like you said, over in Papua New Guinea, and we've had a chat about Papua New Guinea over the the last few weeks. And what yeah, a career. And he actually passed away after a long battle with dementia, and the South Sydney players formed a guard of honour at his funeral at St. Jude's Anglican Church at Randwick four days later. I was actually at that funeral, and... I do remember that, and it was a sad day, but we farewelled a legend of this club in a fitting way by just forming that guard of honour. He was also a police officer. Yes, yep, so he's, that's what the, the description says. He's had some tough times. He fought in the battles of New Guinea, and that battle in New Guinea was a, a big battle of, the, of World War Two. like... Stopping the Japs advancing? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was, you know, we've got a lot to thank those diggers for, and that's just one of the battles. It's not Anzac, it's not Gallipoli, but there's battles that were fought all over the world by guys like Jack. And, yeah, so we fought on the battlefields of World War Two. We fought on the fields of Redfern Oval, and then he had the battle of the Crims as a copper. Mm. So he lived a life, old Jack Rayner. And, and bad a, refereeing. <laughs> bad refereeing. <laughs> Don't worry, Jack, we're still copping it to this day. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, let's chuff off to another break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. NRL News brought to you by NG Farrell Real Estate. Anyway, boys, there's been a bit of an uproar over the Latrell Mitchell judiciary decision. Victor Radley was... At the judiciary the same night, he actually got off. Now, what are your thoughts on that? I think that was, I think that was fair enough, what happened to Victor Radley. I, I reckon that was fine. You know, he, he copped 10 minutes of being, copped a penalty, copped a bit of a fine, didn't miss any time. But I think Latrell should almost got something pretty similar, maybe a week or something, or a fine. It was, yeah, it was an insane... I've got no problems with what happened to Victor Radley. Yeah. But, but like, what happened to Momoroski? He didn't even get mm. penalised. I mean, Latrell Mitchell wasn't penalised. The bloke wasn't injured wasn't at any injured. stage. Chaps, did you just let a opportunity to bag the roosters. I did, but I mean, I, I just think the whole process is... Uh, well, the whole stop, stop, Blow it up, start flawed. again. It, it is. It is. It's got to be... It's, something's got to happen. Uh, we've got the best player here who's leading the Dallium Awards at the moment after round seven. Now he can't win the award. That's ridiculous, and it's an insane decision. And we heard from Elo on the Top 4 podcast, and he said they made the argument that it should have been a grade one, and they made some great arguments. They did all the comparisons, and they couldn't have been any more confident that they convinced this panel of three former players that it was a grade one, not a grade two. They went away, came back, and come back and said, no, it's a grade two, see you later. Now, the problem is, is they don't have to explain that. They don't have to be accountable for any of their decisions, which is ridiculous. If you're going to say it's not a grade one, it's a grade two, tell us why. Not just because, oh, just because. That's not Mm, good enough. And look, Latrell had some carryover points, and that counted against him, obviously. But anyone who saw that thing, that is not a He had his back to him. What about uh, Felice Cafusi? Is that how you say his name? Yeah, yeah. What about Felice Cafusi 
where he intentionally elbowed Ryan Madison. Ryan Madison still hasn't played since. We well, mm. played yesterday against South. Oh, he did. Yeah, that's right. In, in that um, New South Wales Cup. He did. Mm. We end up having five weeks off. Mm. Yeah. Intentionally elbowed him to the head mm. and only got two weeks. And yeah. Latrell gets four. What yeah. about um, that Kepi from Manly? Elbowed Adam Reynolds off the ball. Had to go off and have a hate try at A against Manly. What happened there? What happened to Kepi? Can you tell me? There's just no Nothing. consistency. Nothing, Nothing no happened consi- to him. No. No, and it's it's cost us, but and you're never going to get consistency because at all we're all humans, mm. and everyone's got a different opinion. So it's just the system has got to get looked at in terms of intentional, reckless. Go back to that way. I thought it was better. Well, what about last night's game, guys? We're recording here on a Sunday, obviously. Cronulla Sharks versus the Bulldogs. One of the best tackles of the year. This bloke's looking at five weeks on the sideline. Mm. COC for Talakai. One of my boys. I hit him across the chest. I taught him how to tackle. He didn't hit him in the head, did he? He was one of my boys. No, that was. I thought his arm was out. I I don't get that one. That one's. Well, look, the arm was was cocked ready for a tackle, but he sort of like didn't go to use it. He led with his shoulder. He got a bit early with the arm. The arm was away from the body, but shouldn't that be enough? I think that was a... People love seeing that. People were talking about it. You know, got got to work and people are saying, what about that hit? What about that hit? You know, like he, he didn't go for intentionally for their head. So that should be in the one. highlight reels, not Tuesday night the judiciary boys. Exactly. There's got to be more accountability from the judiciary members. There's got to be an investigation. To quote the great man, Jeff Turby. Yeah. Couldn't he play? Oh, what a another one. Small in stature, but big in heart. What a player. Special mention to Brian Tothole for a mammoth game where he ran the ball for 28 times, boys. 336 metres. What a boost. Nice an animal. Yeah, 127 post-contact metres. And he topped it off with a spectacular swan dive try in the 74th minute. Couldn't have done much more. Not very big. How fit is this bloke? Can jump for the ball. <laughs> mm. He's a very good jumper. Freddie's got to definitely look at this kid for origin. Origin, yeah. And I think he got told he wasn't big enough to play. He there did. Just like you yep. said with Jeff Tooby. Low to the know. ground. Oh. Tough carries. Brings the ball out, mm. catches ball, scores tries. What a player. What a player. And also, Dylan Edwards had 27 runs for 267 metres. On his comeback and, game. And in fact, the whole Panthers team, except for the hooker, ran for over 100 metres. And so did Liam Martin off the bench. Now, that's production and evidence that the Panthers are doing the hard work and it's a big reason why they remain undefeated. Well, they're the benchmark. They they're are. the benchmark. We're not too far behind. No. I can't wait for Dubbo mm. when we play the Panthers. Latrell's first game back. And how do you get down there, Mova? This is going to be a monumental clash. Sunday the 23rd of May, 2pm in Dubbo. It'll be Latrell's first game back. And if you're planning to go down there, you book through What If. It's Aussie for travel. But if you're not going to go down there, head up to the Juniors, Kingsford, the Rabbitohs home away from home. The place to play while the Bunnies are away. All right, boys. We're going to preview that round eight clash. Against the Raiders on Thursday night, 7.50, down there at GIO Stadium. We haven't had a lot of luck down there the past couple of years, as you know, going back to that semi-final a couple of years back. So It's a tough road trip. It's we haven't been far away, but their forward pack's sort of been a little bit menacing against us the past few years, but they're sort of out of form, boys. They are. They're, they're not the team that they were the last couple of seasons. They're very inconsistent. They're not playing with any confidence. And like you said, chaps, he's made a couple of decisions where he's dropped Papa Lee. Papa Lee. Papa Lee. Papa yeah. Lee. Mm. He's not stuffing around down there, Sticky. Look, they've lost a couple of players who are important parts of that squad. Bateman was one of them. 
Yeah. Nick Kotrick, mm. even though he's has not doing too well at the Bulldogs, I thought he was very good down there when he was he down was. at the Raiders. Oh, he's a great player. Hodgson Hodgson didn't play on the weekend and neither did Who? Hodgson. He had a car, calf Hodge, strain Hodge, in training. Hodgson. Josh Hodgson. Hodgson. <laughs> Hodgson. Hodgson. Um, yeah, the hooker didn't play. <laughs> yeah. And the fullback didn't play. Mm. Mm. I was quite surprised when I looked at this game and I saw that even before last night's game, the Raiders were out of the eight. And now they're further out of the eight because they got rolled by the Cowboys up there, which always used to be a hard road trip, but not so much now. The Cowboys aren't going that well either. But, yeah, so they've got some work to do. But like you said, it's a tough road trip down there. A little bit of coolness in the air. Now it's always cold running out onto that field and going all the way down there. But Sticky, they, Sticky won't be happy. They led 24-6 and got run down. Mm, exactly. Oh, they're going to get flogged this week. <laughs> Although they're probably not even home yet, they're still probably flying home at this yeah, stage. But we but can't we can't afford to miss thirty seven tackles again and expect to beat them down there. So we need to lift again. And but the way we're playing, we're finding ways to win, even though we're playing bad, which is a good sign. So let's move on to the top four, and it's a great show on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. We had a bit of a milestone; we went past twenty thousand listens this week, so everything's going well. And we just want you to rate and review, tell your friends about us about all the shows on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. But last week on the show, they talked about underrated players, Brownie, and one of them uh, was a mate of yours. Yeah, Mick Francis. Good fellow, Mick. And and he's doing really well for himself now as a boxing promoter. Now, I don't know if anyone knows, but in Mick's camp is a boxer by the name of Justin Hooney. Oh, he's yeah, a big heavyweight. heavyweight. Oh, he Young good. heavyweight. Was an amateur boxer, but now he's turned professional. But he can still go to the Olympics because he's only had less than 10 professional fights and there's talk he might be fighting Paul Gallon. There was a guy on TV that's the Australian champion. It's not him though, is it? That, that's waiting for Gallon. That's or, him. It is. Yeah, that'll yeah, be him. Justice Sooney. Yeah, he oh. goes good. Mm. Mm. I've watched some of his highlights here. He's got a lot of speed and power and mm. he's super fit, Brownie, isn't he? He is, mate. He, he, a bit like Mick Fran- Francis? Yes, he is. He, yeah. he moves really well. He's got good angles on him. Uh, I don't I don't know much about boxing except for street fighting, but um, <laughs> just ask Cooks. <laughs> yeah, he um, but he looks really good. I, I've seen him fight the last few fights, and he's a weapon. And it's going to be a big test for Gallon. And just on Gallon, I went and watched that fight after work. Got down to the Captain Cook Hotel and a couple of beers, and the fight come on. And gee, he was impressive. I mean, Big Daddy had 15 kilos on him, big guy. And everyone's thinking, you know, he's only had two losses out of 37 fights or something. He's going to be a big test. People thought he was going to beat Gal. He was never beaten Gal. No. I didn't think he was before or after, even though he'd give a lot of weight away. Gal's a tough man, mate. He can take some big shots. He's proved that in some of his old fights already. Yeah. He hasn't been beaten. And, and he's, he's training to be a boxer now mm. rather than playing footy and then boxing on the side mm. where he's just full-time training boxing and putting all his energy into the right type of training. And just another fighter that Mick Francis has got is Jai Opatea. Oh, yeah. Another future champion. So he's got some really good fighters uh, in his camp and keep an eye out for them too. Also, Shannon gave a huge rap to Adam McEwen, Rabbitoh number 886, and said he was massively underrated and an absolute gun player. And it turns out that Adam is mates with our man, Brendan Taliski, up on the Central Coast. Yeah, good mates with him. and It's a small world. So, And I think we've got to get Adam on to tell his story. I'd like to hear about... Because I didn't know much about him. I don't remember him as a player, but Shannon obviously did because he said he was a, a tremendous player. Yeah, no, it's a great show, the Top 4 Podcast. Make sure you 
tune in. I'm tuning in every week. It was great to hear um, LA break down that judicial process the other day, and it was. you could just hear how disappointed he was, and and also Jeremy there. He sounded like he's a bit tired under the weather. Mm. He's no shift worker like us. No, no. Little does he know, Brian. He's done a few podcasts with no sleep. Yeah, <laughs> he's come yeah. straight from work to the studio at seven a.m. But yeah. but he enjoys that judicial process and how interesting it is and all he the legal, legal arguments and that. And we got rorted, but we got to be careful what we say here. We but we weren't happy. Well, it gives uh, Latrella a little bit of a rest. Four weeks. We've already won one. Oh, that's out. right. Looks like we should beat the Raiders. Then we got the Storm. Let's go and beat them. And then we got the Sharks. So magic round. Let's try and win four from four without him there, and then make it five from five when we take the Panthers. We'll be up the juniors at Malabar that day too. We will. That's yeah, magic, magic round. round. Yep. Lock that in. Have a look at your calendars now. Saturday, yeah. 5.30. The 15th. The 15th of May. Magic round. And we'll put on a magic show for you guys out there. We will for sure. Now, make sure you please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, please. Um, we forget to mention it every week, but it's extremely important for the podcast network to keep continue to grow. Yep. And also follow us on Spotify. And also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. So if you're already subscribed, thank you. But please tell people to subscribe on our YouTube channel and like, comment and share there as well. Take us away, Maroon. Thanks for listening to Rabbitohs Radio Podcast, proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code RABBITOS15 to get 15% off selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel.